Welcome to Bollywood is for Lovers, part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATP Financial. I'm Aaron Fraser. And I'm Matt Bose. In this episode, we're looking at three late 1970s films from Bollywood's most enduring star, Amitabh Bachchan. First up, Bachchan plays a poet reunited with a lost love in Yash Chopra's 1976 romantic melodrama, Kabi Kabi. Then, Bachchan is separated from his parents and his two brothers as a child and raised by a Catholic priest in Mamohan Desai's 1977 madcap comedy, Amar Akbar Anthony. Finally, Bakchan plays both a criminal mastermind and his kind-hearted look-alike in Chandra Barot's 1978 action-packed gangster saga, Dawn. Before we begin, we would like to respectfully acknowledge that we record the podcast on Treaty 6 territory, traditional lands of First Nations and Métis people. Welcome back, lovers. We are talking about the Big B today, and I am excited. Yeah, we've uh, we've had a few episodes that uh, you know touch on his work, mm-hmm. spe- specifically Sholay, Black, Sarkar, and uh, Piku. Pink. Pink. <laughs> Sorry, but uh, yeah, we haven't really done one specifically on him yet, so we're really looking forward to this. This is some prime Amitabh. Yes, uh, Amitabh Bachchan. If you are unaware <laughs> some people are i mean yeah in north america here if you're not uh a, you know a regular watcher of bollywood films mm-hmm. you may have no idea who he is um he's been in one hollywood film that i can think of off the top of my head mm-hmm. the he, great gatsby yeah he played uh, meyer wolfsheim in that one and i think that was because uh baz lerman enjoys bollywood so yeah. much he wanted to kind of pay homage to him right yeah lerman is a big fan of bollywood and i think you clearly see that influence in his work especially Moulin Rouge but outside of that though like if you're a tradition if you're a person who watches Hollywood films for the most part you may mm-hmm. have no idea who the most famous actor in the world is <laughs> which he, is kind of astounding to think of right yeah and he really is like the most famous actor in the world as of this recording he has 223 credits on IMDB that's yeah, a couple insane. movies that's probably what three or four a year for 50 years yeah yeah it's maybe it's, four or five a year yeah his career um, has been about 48 years so he's almost been on screen for 50 uh, he debuted in 1969 as a voice actor and then was first on screen uh, also in 1969 in Sat Hat Hindustani. Um, but he rose to prominence in uh, kind of the early 70s with this angry young man persona um, in films like Zangir and Diwar. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, films that uh, we couldn't quite get a hold of to discuss. As of this recording, we couldn't find uh, legal means to get those. Yeah. But if you guys like uh, us talking about 70s Bakchan, we, we'd gladly do some more. Because we certainly like talking about 70s Bakchan. Yeah, these three movies ruled. <laughs> uh, very happy to see all of them. Uh, Zangir came out in 1973, and it's the film that really established this angry young man persona um, and was his first big success. And he's kind of been uh, riding that success to this day. He's had um, some ups and downs. He had an ill-fated political career at one point in the 80s. Hurt himself really badly on Cooley, and the entire country basically stopped. (laughs) Yes. Um, But he's still, you know... The mo- one of the most iconic and enduring stars in all of Bollywood, and for for good reason. The man has presence. That like baritone voice. Oh, it just 
kind like of gravitas. It, it has, yeah, and it just it, it it hits you. It gets you right in like your soul. You gets you see. right in the chest hair. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we're most familiar with his uh, kind of modern roles now that he's a an elderly man. Mohabbatine. That's another one we. Uh, oh yes, we saw him in. Yes, and that was one that really kind of brought him back um, back to prominence. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're mostly familiar with his, his older roles, but I've been very excited to go back and revisit some of these classics that made him the household name that he is. Partly because we loved Sholay so much. Yeah, Sholay was wonderful. And, you know, we, we mostly focus on the newer stuff, but anytime I get to go back into the archives, we've really enjoyed the, the history of Bollywood. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, hopefully you enjoyed listening to it, too. So we chose these three films partly because they were the ones that we could get a hold of. Yeah, it's it's tough to get some of these uh, legally, mm-hmm. but uh, Shimaru actually has quite a few seventies uh, and eighties films on YouTube, which was nice with subtitles. With good subtitles, yeah. that's the other thing. You need good mm-hmm. subtitles. And so we chose these partly because we could get them legally. Uh, they're big, important movies. Mm-hmm. Um, they were all very successful. And we actually own the soundtrack to two of them on vinyl. Yeah. And so we really wanted to kind of put the the music uh, together with the film. Yeah, we got to the soundtrack to Kabi Kabi at a uh, vinyl swap <laughs> last year. And uh, this year we picked up the uh, vinyl reissue of Dawn mm-hmm. on uh, yellow vinyl, which is very cool. It is very cool. Um, if we could find the soundtrack to Amar Akbar Anthony, we would also snap that up. I would second. love to pick that up. I've been humming those songs, <laughs> honestly, for the past two days now. Just so catchy. Mm-hmm. So, Matt, how would you, based on what we've seen, articulate um, Bakchan's presence in the 70s? Well, um, imagine, if you will, if James Dean was mixed <laughs> with Robert De Niro. Mm. Um, kind of... Uh, masculinity incarnate, but also somewhat sensitive. Yeah. Um, depending on what role he's playing, he can you know turn on a dime. Really, um, it seems like he owned the seventies. Yeah, I think I'd also add that he's extremely funny and clever. Yeah, he's got range. Yeah, and there's and there's a depth to his roles um, that I that I, I think oftentimes the films don't warrant. Um, while I enjoy a lot of these movies, they are kind of inherently goofy, um, and he just brings some gravitas and some depth um, that I think elevates kind of everything else going on around him. I and that's not a diss at any of these films. I, I like their goofiness. I was going to tell you, the first time I ever saw Amitabh Bachchan, guess when it was? It was before I met you. Oh, it was before you met me? Yeah. Okay, well, you've known me since you were 15. Yep. Oh, my God. Um, I have no idea. So, uh, I don't know if it's still on, but there was a TV show called Fashion TV. Okay. Which would come on our um, TV channels here. And basically, it would fill us in in the pre-internet era of, like, goings-on in the fashion world. Yeah. And what the Milan fashion show was like. What the yeah. Paris fashion show was like. And I don't remember where it was exactly, but I was, like, I was like 14, 15 years old, and I was watching this show. And I started talking about this guy called the Big B, who was... At this fashion show, I was like, who's that guy? He's so striking. Because nowadays, he has the white sort of um, beard mm-hmm. and then his dark hair. So, it he does cut an interesting figure in his uh, older age. Yeah. And I just thought, who's that guy? And then I didn't actually get to see a movie with him until, you know, a couple of years ago. 
So I'd always known that there was apparently this incredibly famous man <laughs> named the Big B, and it took until you know I got interested in the films to actually catch up and find out why. And I was not disappointed. Yeah. Uh, so our first film is from 1976. It's directed by Yash Chopra, the kind of mastro of romance. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I don't think we've talked about any Yash Chopra films on the show, have we? We've certainly talked about a lot of Yash Raj films, but yes. I don't think we've watched any Yash Chopra films off the top of my head. We've yeah. watched Jab Tak Hai John, his last film, yeah. but I don't think we've ever discussed it. Yeah, and we're hoping to watch uh, Veer Zara as well. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, yeah, I don't think we've actually talked about any of them. So this is a bit of a new one for us there, too. Uh, it stars Amitabh Bachchan, Rocky, Shashish Kapoor, Wahida Rahman, Rishi Kapoor, and Neetu Singh. And Amitabh Bachchan was nominated for um, the Best Actor Award at the Film for Awards. Now, I'll say... I thought he was going to be a bigger part of this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's the problem when you pick a movie based on, A, it's available on iTunes, and B, you have the album where he's very prominent on it. And, but, and he was nominated for Best Actor, but yeah. I almost say this is potentially a supporting role. I would say a supporting role yeah. for sure. I mean, his story kind of bookends the film, but a lot of it is regarding Rishi Kapoor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, he's maybe the main character of the movie, I'd say. So the film uh, opens with Bakchan. He is a prominent and celebrated poet. He, he's like on campus. I don't know if he's that prominent yet, but he does rise to prominence later on. Yeah, he's a, he's a he's well-known a, he's poet. Enough so that you would talk to um, He would be on TV and like people would care, um, which... Going as to most of the poets I know, that would be extremely unlikely. And this is a well-attended poetry reading that we see yeah. at the opening of the film. Uh, yeah, I've been to quite a few poetry readings in my day, and that's double, if not triple, the amount of people who normally go to these things. But they are not generally hosted by Amitabh Bachchan. No. I, I, I bet if he did a poetry reading now, you could have thousands of people arrive. And this... Uh, he should write a poetry book. <laughs> he should. Well, I was going to say... This uh, this character of this poet is interesting because Bakchan's father himself was a poet. Oh, well, that's nice. Yeah. Like a professional poet or like on the side? <laughs> no, he was like a professional poet. Oh. Like he, he, he it's cool poetry. that that's a job that some people can do. <laughs> yes. Rupi Kaur, Kaur is a professional poet now. Her book is extremely popular and she's got a new one coming out. So that's a little bit of can lit uh, trivia. You know you. professional poets. Yeah. <laughs> Professional. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Um, so many women are kind of mooning after him, but he goes. It's almost for- like in uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark when uh, <laughs> Doctor, little, yes. when Doctor Jones is uh, teaching, and no one's written like "I love you" on their eyelids, but <laughs> it's essentially that level of uh, you know uh, young women throwing themselves at yes. him. Uh, but he goes because his poetry is so sexy, as is his voice. <laughs> He goes for Rocky. They fall madly in love, but unfortunately, she uh, is forced to marry another man. Her family wants her to marry rich. Yes. Not marry a poet, because generally that is the opposite of rich. And Bachchan looks on uh, heartbroken. Wearing wearing this crazy jacket, by the way. And on her wedding night, her new husband, played by Shashi Kapoor, asks her to recite some of Bachchan's poetry. Kind of fucked up. Also, he doesn't 
notice that she's not reading it out of the book. She knows this by heart. Yeah. And he doesn't really put two to two together on this. But, uh, yeah. Eventually well, he figures and, it and out. And all the poetry in this film is, is done through songs. So we, we describe it as poetry and we're told we're poetry. But everyone is singing it. Yeah. It's more like lyrics. Yes. Uh, the Bakchan, obviously upset and heartbroken, then decides to give up poetry and takes over the family business of construction work. Construction work slash explosion factory? Yeah. They're apparently building a five-star hotel, but... Mostly what we see is explosions. The film then fast forwards some like 20 odd years. Now I was going to ask you about it's this. like still the 70s. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you know, we, we don't get a time stamp saying exactly when this is, but I thought that the original part was in 1976. So is this in 1996 afterwards? Did the 70s go on for 20 more years? You know, I think it's just in some sort of eternal 70s. Yeah. Um. Hit us up in the comments section if you understand what happened for those 20 years, because that was a bit of a shock. So we fast forward about 20 years, and Raki has had a son with her husband, played by Rishi Kapoor. Who's the nephew of Shashi Kapoor, right? Yes. In real life. In real life. Yeah. Uh, Rishi Kapoor falls madly in love with Neetu Singh, his wife in real life, Mm. Um, I guess on set. This set was one of the places where that romance started to develop. It seems like that happens a lot, huh? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a it's a small industry and everyone's working together all the time. Yeah. Uh, Neetu Singh is the daughter of a doctor who happens to be Shashi Kapoor's doctor. So everyone thinks this is great, except Neetu Singh discovers that she was adopted and she goes off to find her birth mother who happens to be Amitabh Bachchan's current wife. She's not his daughter. No. Uh, she was kind of a secret daughter that his wife had before yeah. they got married. He gets very mad about this for some reason. Yes. Amitabh Bachchan has uh, a daughter though himself. Yeah. Sweetie. Sweetie. Uh, who's um, a bit of kind of a self-centered brat. And then develops like the oddest love triangle between Rishi Kapoor, Neetu Singh, and Sweetie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all it's all a little silly um, and it's all done with a lot of emotion. This is pure, over-the-top melodrama. Mm-hmm. What did you think, Matt? Um, well, it's melodrama with 20 minutes at the end <laughs> of explosions and fire. Because I was on board for the melodrama. I thought, okay, you know, this this reminds me of maybe, like, an American TV show from the 70s. Like, here's rich people having dramatic mm. things happen to them. Everyone owns horses for some reason and rides around. This is up in Kashmir, right? They yeah. filmed this one? Yeah. So it, it's an interesting sort of mountainous location. Um, but it does take a hard right turn into explosion land <laughs> for the exciting final chase scene, yeah. which kind of comes out of nowhere. I mean, the, the, we had seen earlier on that the the, the construction company that... Uh, Amitabh uh, takes over. Mm-hmm. does blow a lot of things up. But it seems really uh, poorly thought out. Um, I thought it was good. I especially enjoyed the fashion in this film. <laughs> oh, God, yes. Um, I enjoyed the fashion in all of these movies. And I should say that, like, 
70s is probably my favorite era of fashion. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of huge pants, um, <laughs> big lapels, uh, plaids, um, weird belts. Yeah. Uh, Rishi Kapoor wears... Oh, that's an Amorak by Anthony. But he wears a lot of uh, um, mesh, mesh shirts with a mesh undershirt, <laughs> which begs the question, like, well, why not... Why, why do you have the undershirt there? It's, it's not really doing anything. But, yeah, the, these three uh, movies were at least a feast for the eyes visually when it comes to uh, fashion. Yeah. This film I found a little frustrating because it does have one of those plots where if people just, like, sat down and had a conversation... Yes. Then for every... Five-minute conversation. Five-minute conversation to just go... Oh, you're her kid? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, you're here because you want to marry her? Yeah. And you were just trying to make her jealous by, like, you know, try, pretending you might be interested in Sweetie? And this is not exactly... You know, this has not gone away from oh, Hollywood, for oh, instance. Oh, you guys were sweethearts, like, 20 years ago before we got married? Yeah. Okay. That's... like. <laughs> That's fine, right? Like, you can, you can have a romantic relationship before you get married. They didn't sleep together or anything. That, heaven forbid, that would be a horrible scene in a Bollywood film. But, like, the, this sort of structure does not go away. Uh, we watched uh, Barely Keep Our Fee yeah. a couple weeks ago. And there's another movie where if, you know, if the protagonist wanted to <laughs> dig himself out of the hole he found himself in, he could have just said, oh, I wrote the book. Yeah. Spoiler alert for the movie. But, like... I, that's not it, a it, Yeah, it, it's a traditional uh, romantic comedy structure, and I I get that. Yeah, you do need to have these sort of complications in order to have a movie, but that movie is only two hours long. This movie is three hours long. Yeah, and so it just it does start to get a little frustrating that it gets so convoluted, and you're just like, man, if these people could just like sit down and have a conversation to be honest with one another, mm-hmm. then like. You know, we could get to the point. Um, but then at the same time, you know, very few movies would exist. If, exactly. If, you know, if characters just sat down. I mean, it's a contrivance, a but, you know, it it works. Yeah. I, I, I'm not going to say I love this movie, but there's a lot to like about it. Yeah. I was into everything with Bok Chan. Um, and this... I, I do think that his age makeup was not convincing. <laughs> No, no one's age makeup is really convincing. They just kind of, like, give people some gray in And they got gray hair. on the temples, and I think he's got a mustache. Yeah. Especially because we know how he has aged. Yeah. <laughs> H- had they called their shot on, he's got a bright white, uh, like, beard, and then his hair is still black. Or does he dye it? I don't know. That seems... That that would be scandalous, right? If, yeah. Well, he's... I mean, he's got some gray hair on top now, but... Yeah. yeah. But... Just the the contrast in his facial hair. Mm-hmm. Had they called their shot on that, that would have been astounding. <laughs> Had they been able to figure out he looks like that now? Um, but I think in twenty in, in like twenty years of the seventies. Yeah, I think her performance is really strong. I can see why he was nominated for this. I don't see why they considered him in the best acting category because I think this is much more of a supporting role. Um, but I just I think there's such dignity to his performance mm-hmm. um he, he's playing an intellectual he sells the poetry he sells the poetry and i think you really see kind of the heartbreak in his eyes when mm-hmm. the love of his life goes off and gets married this is a really strong opening it also and it just kind of throws you into it you're kind of immediately thrown into like 
songs that seem to be, um, you know, larger metaphors for this relationship. And then you're immediately thrown into her wedding and the heartbreak. And and that chemistry between Bakchan and Rocky is really deeply felt. Yeah. But then when you get to kind of all of the hijinks with Rishi Kapoor, it really starts to lose me. When it brings it back around to kind of that melodrama and the, the reconnecting with lost love. Um, you know, I, I'm on board again, but that love triangle with Rishi Kapoor, yeah. boy, boy, yeah. does it go on. And I just, I don't, I don't find Rishi Kapoor that compelling. These three movies do have excellent openings. Yeah. I would say the first 20 minutes of all these movies, you get a ton of great stuff. Yeah. And these three films have excellent music. I, I will say the music in this movie is wonderful. Yeah. Fun banjo stuff with uh, mm-hmm. Rishi Kapoor. And just these, the main melody of the Kabi Kabi oh. song is very haunting. Yeah. These lovely, lovely melodies that just like, this is a, uh, like this, this is some classic. Also, we watched this music. on iTunes, right? Mm-hmm. It and, looks great. Uh, one of those nice uh, situations where it's both the same amount to buy and rent. But this had good subtitles on the songs, too. Mm-hmm. So it was yeah. nice for us who own the album, do listen to it occasionally, to actually know what they were singing about. Yeah, and a bit of trivia. Canadian singers Paul Anka and Nelly Furtado are both big fans of the main theme to Kabi Kabi and have both learned it and performed it. You heard it here for her first, folks. <laughs> the Canadian connection has been found. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I... I can't say I have a lot of experience with 70s romantic melodramas no. in Bollywood, but if this is an indication of what they're like, yeah, they're pretty solid. I could see uh, how they kind of transformed into what we get nowadays. Because this story could conceivably be done again. Yeah. I, I don't think it's particularly dated. I mean, again, the timeline is weird, yeah. but uh, it, uh, it it's it's like a classic uh, lost, lo- lost love longing type thing. I'm just glad they've gotten shorter. Yes. And part of the reason why it is so long is because there is so many songs. And I know a lot of people will say, like, oh, the songs are when you go to the bathroom or if you watch it at home. The songs are when you fast forward. But the songs are some of my favorite parts. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's more the plot, I guess I'd prefer. And, it, and it's not because I'm not interested in the plot, but just because there are machinations in the plot that you feel like in the end aren't really going to have a huge impact. If someone can explain to me, if you've seen the film, what the hell that horse race that Rishi Kapoor finds himself in right at the beginning, like when he shows up, how does that work? Because it just looks like they're terrassing around on some field somewhere, but then he wins the race. It doesn't look like they're going in a circle. It doesn't look like there's a track. I was extremely confused. I thought they were playing polo at first, but then there's no ball and no sticks. Yeah, it's because he's Rishi Kapoor. He's just great. He's a lion. (laughs) Uh, well, I think that brings us to Interval. What are we playing, Matt? So we are playing a song from Don, and that song is Ari Divano Mujahipichano. Mehunan. Ari Divano Mujahipichano. Kahase aya Mehunan. Ari Divano Mujahipichano. Kahase aya Mehunan. मैं हूं कौन मैं हूं कौन मैं हूं मैं हूं मैं हूं कौन The Alberta Podcast Network is an initiative to bring together podcasts from our home province of Alberta. Currently there are 15 podcasts on the network covering a variety of topics and issues. 
Over his almost 50-year career on screen, Amit Bachchan has donned a wide variety of personas. From the melancholic romantic hero to the angry young man that revolutionized the industry, all the way to the overbearing father figure of the 2000s. For many, he defines masculinity on screen. Our fellow network podcast, Modern Manhood, also interrogates ideas of masculinity. Hosted by Herman Vijegas, the podcast aims at understanding the many views of masculinity. You can find Modern Manhood at modernmanhood.org. To find out more about the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB, and the member podcasts, go to albertapodcastnetwork.com. The Edmonton Community Foundation acts as a bridge between donors and charities to help create a strong, vibrant community for generations to come. In addition to these good works, the Foundation also produces a podcast called The Well-Endowed Podcast, which gets its name from the fact that ECF helps donors set up endowment funds to support good works in our community. Check out the September episode of The Well-Endowed Podcast, which features a queer history tour of Edmonton with writer and theater legend Darren Hagen. You can find The Well-Endowed Podcast at Apple Podcasts and Google Play or at thewellendowedpodcast.com. So that was R.I.D. Vano Mujay Pechano from Dawn, which we will talk a little bit more about uh, coming up. But before that, we're going to look at Amar Akbar Anthony. Yes. Uh, so Amar Akbar Anthony came out in 1977. Do you see what we did there, Matt? We had 1976. 1977. Now we have 1977. When's Dawn? 1978. Oh, boy. Yes. Uh, it's directed by uh, Mahoman Desai. And it stars, oh, boy, Matt, this has a big ensemble cast. It is stacked. Amitabh Bakchan, Vinod Khanna, Rishi Kapoor, Parveen Babi, Shabana Azmi, Nitu Singh, Narupa Roy, Pran, and Jivan. It's it's a big cast. It's real murderers row right there. Um, it's about a group of brothers who are separated on Independence Day on August fifteenth. Their father has uh, oh he's, has he come back he's, from? He's a driver for the mob. Yeah. Who in the you know pulse pounding first half an hour of this movie. A bunch of things happen. Mm-hmm. He gets let out of jail because he got set up because his mm-hmm. boss at the time kind of pins a crime on him. So he go, he gets out of jail. He comes home to his house and he finds his children are starving. His wife's got tuberculosis mm-hmm. because his crime boss has not been paying them off. He gets mad about that, drives to the boss's house. The boss is named Robert, by the way. Uh, he confronts Robert. Robert says, why would I pay you? You're just the driver. Uh, he's... Um, Kishan Law, which is the father's name, uh, steals a gun, tries to shoot Robert. Robert is wearing a bulletproof vest. Kishan Law fights off the guards, jumps out a window, steals the boss's car, which has a bunch of gold in the back, <laughs> drives back to his, his uh, kid's house, um, gets them in the car, and finds out that his wife is going to try and kill herself. So he drives off to try and find her and get away from Robert. Actually, I don't know if he's trying to find her. Uh, he, he's just trying to get away from Robert. Um, he has to stop the car at uh, this sort of park with a Gandhi statue. Um, and then he takes off. And then the kids get separated there. Yes. And all this happens on Independence Day. Also, their mother gets hit by a tree branch and goes blind. Yes. A uh, lot happens. Point is... <laughs> So the three brothers get separated, and then they are raised by different people and grow up following different religions. So Vinod Khanna plays the older brother, Amar, and he is, grows up to be a Hindu cop. 
Rishi Kapoor plays the youngest brother, Akbar, and he grows up to be a Urdu singer. He is he, he's raised a Muslim. Yeah, he's he's uh, picked up by uh, a Muslim man who's there praying, and he I believe he's a tailor. Mm-hmm. So he kind of learns the tailoring industry and also becomes a very popular singer. Yes. And Amitabh Bachchan is taken in by a Catholic priest. And he um, so obviously grows up to be a bit of like a... He's not a very good Catholic. No, he's not a very good Catholic. He's kind of like a Catholic bootlegger. Yeah, I mean, what he reminds me most of is um, like a Scorsese movie where you'll have a character who is very religious but also does a lot of crimes. Yeah. Um, nothing else about this movie, though, will remind you of Martin Scorsese. No, no, this is this is as far from a sort of dour Martin Scorsese film as possible. This movie is exuberant, is joyous, is exciting. So much stuff happens. So much stuff. So when uh, the boys are older uh, is when we rejoin them and we kind of follow their lives um, individually. Um, they all at one point kind of gather together unknowing that they are related and donate blood to the woman who happens to be the mo- their mother. Coincidentally, they all have the right blood type to help out their mother, who... She does have a lot of bad stuff happen to her. She, she's hurt yet again and needs a, a blood donation from all of them. And, uh, yeah. So um, we follow their individual adventures and kind of how they all find romance. Yeah, they each and meet a girl. Eventually, it all comes together... Um, in the final climactic scene, um, where by now they've all figured out that they're related and they get to bring down Robert, our our bad guy. Uh, this is a strange movie, Matt. It is all over the place. This movie ruled. I liked it the best of these three. Yeah, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this. It wasn't what I was expecting. Based on everything that I had read about this movie beforehand, I thought it was very much going to be a kind of... Um, comedic satire of religion. Yeah. But it's much more this kind of just like screwball action comedy. There's a lot of karate in this movie. There's <laughs> there's actually way more fighting in this movie, I think, than Dawn. Yeah. There's yeah. gallantry, daring do, car chases, fires, everything. That um, is a larger metaphor for the nation of India and the nation building in India. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really doesn't kind of... Um, it doesn't have that kind of satire element that I was expecting. That's just more kind of, I think, um, on the surface. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I thought it was interesting that um, when it comes to religious faith, yes, uh, Anthony grows up in a church and uh, uh, Akbar grows up in a very devout Muslim household. But mm-hmm. Amar um, is adopted by a cop and becomes a cop. And... Um, you know, in doing a little bit of research on this, it can be argued that uh, Hinduism is kind of being used as the default state religion. Right. The the majority of people would be Hindu, and in that case, he doesn't really need to be as performative as Hin- uh, of Hindu. He can mm-hmm. have a profession that he's more tied to, mm-hmm. because he's he's not seen going to church or anything. No. Uh, there's no religious, um, you know, uh, altars or anything in his house. Um, or his father's house, the, the police officer who adopted him. But that sort of absence of religion maybe shows the power of Hinduism mm-hmm. in the culture is that it doesn't need to be as addressed. I listened to another podcast about this today, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, you pointed me towards it um, called... 
New books on South Asian studies. Yeah, so this uh, podcast seems to be just collections of uh, interviews with uh, scholars who've written on uh, South Asian uh, um, topics. Topics, and this episode was about uh, three American white scholars. I'm pretty sure who uh, wrote a book about Amar Akbar Anthony, mm-hmm. and they're all religious scholars. So they they approached it fra- in the religious uh, lens and looking at how each of the religions is uh, performed in the film. And, yeah, I thought there was a lot of interesting stuff there. Um, we'll put a link to it in the show notes. It's a little um, overstuffed of an episode. They could stand to get to the point a bit quicker and talk more about it. But it, it did raise my interest, and I want to... I would like to read their book, actually. Yeah. I think they place a lot more emphasis on the mother's story right. than my reading of the film would have. But, mm-hmm. yeah, their, their look at, um, you know, how Anthony is representing colonialism because he's uh, a religion that's outside of India, whereas mm-hmm. the uh, Amar and Akbar are um, religions that are practiced in the subcontinent to begin with. That That's interesting. And the way that Amar is... Um, representative of uh, Hinduism being like the the norm, you might say. That early image of uh, the three of them kind of all lying uh, in hospital beds with transfusions hooked Mm -hmm. up directly to to their mother is really striking because you have um, these three religions all feeding... The mother. And mother India. Exactly. We know yeah. how in um, Bollywood especially, um, the, the mother figure oftentimes stands for the nation. Yeah. And so you have all three religions kind of supporting. And only, and they can only defeat, you know, kind of later on in the film, they can only defeat Robert by finally coming together and reuniting the family. And as, singing a song. And singing the song. And wearing disguises. <laughs> uh any movie where but again, car- like the country, yeah. like the country is strong when it is united, and dealing with corruption within yeah. some country too. And it's notable that they are split on Independence Day. Yep, next to a statue of Gandhi. <laughs> next to a statue I mean, of Gandhi, and Gandhi did did not want um, the nation to be separated. The yeah the the symbolism is pretty overt, mm-hmm. but it it's but not- the film kind of isn't about any of that. No. It- <laughs> Yeah, you, know, you could take the symbolism at face value. It's like, yeah, that makes sense as to why these things yeah. would happen. But you're more in it for the madcap adventures, a lot of fighting, <laughs> uh, romance, great music, um, and people who are masters of disguise. Because any <laughs> any movie where someone is a master of disguise, I'm about fifty percent there. Uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of. Disguises. I think my favorite is Amitabh Bachchan as a scarecrow. <laughs> yeah, when he's a scarecrow and sort of lightly brushing people with his, uh, you know, his uh, his straw coming out of his hands, and it looks like they're getting punched across the room. My favorite costume of his, of which he has many great costumes, yeah, is when he's coming out <clears throat> at an Easter party <laughs> at the gangster's house, and he's wearing a tuxedo and a monocle and a monocle. <laughs> And he also comes out of a big egg that says Happy Easter. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like... great song, it's too. It's kind of like when a girl comes out of a birthday cake and instead it's Amitabh Bachchan appearing from an Easter egg. It's, yeah. It's pretty amazing. He is so good in this. Yeah. He won the film for award for Best Actor, and I think good. deservedly yeah. so. He is so entertaining. He's... Because he's... Um, 
we said he's a bad Christian earlier, a bad Catholic. He, he's a criminal. He yeah. he runs a criminal enterprise. He hustles people for money, he, that kind of thing. He but he's sort of a, a lot back up to his uh, his main man, God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's got God on his side, watching out for him. So Jesus, um, not mentioned in this film, but that's in Jab Takai John. Um, but yeah, he's uh, he's definitely my favorite character. Although I did like all three of them very much. Yeah, I do. But fashion wise, he's definitely <laughs> the standout. Uh, my favorite outfit, in addition to the tuxedo, was the um, green uh, green leather jacket and onk. Not even a Christian cross, but a, like an Egyptian onk that he's he, wearing. He does wear a Christian cross a, in, a lot in other scenes in this film, so much so that it became like a popular fashion item in India. Right? Which is amazing, considering like he made wearing an item from a different religion fashionable. Yeah. But the onk, I find fascinating. The onk is I'm hilarious. Like, what's going on with the onk? Yeah, uh, it also has like a like a patch of like someone doing like the, a peace sign. Yeah, it's the sort of American flag American peace flag. sign that you would see in a '70s American movie. Yeah. But he's got it for some reason. And a lot of like floppy hats with a brim. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's gold, guys. Yeah, he's kind of got it's that gold. that uh, like I would call it like a news. Boy cap, a newsy cap. Yeah, and he makes it look like the hottest thing in the world. Like yeah. he's just man, he oozes so much sexuality in this film, Matt. He's so like oh, manly. Yes. And it's just and it's like the silliest movie. I I don't know how to adequately describe just how ridiculous at times this movie is. Like it's almost like a Marx Brothers farce. Yeah. Um, if you were to make this movie again with nowadays, yeah, you know, with more karate. <laughs> if they were to remake this movie, which I've heard they did, and it doesn't they, seem that good. This film has been remade many times. It was a huge different event. languages, yeah. But if yeah. you were to remake this now, like the amount of things that happen in this movie, it would be like a ten episode Netflix series <laughs> now or something. But instead, it's a three hour movie because, mm-hmm. I mean, fortunes are lost, fortunes are won again. Um, families are separated. Families are separated. Together. Magic happens and people get their eyesight back. Spoiler alert, I guess, for a 40-year-old movie. But, uh, yeah. I mean, this movie is just Romances a mile a minute. Romances are forged. Villains, like, come out of nowhere and... Zadesco. Zadesco? Yeah. Who is Jenny's bodyguard. We haven't really talked about the girls that much, but uh, Amar, you know, kind of uh, hooks up with a... Uh, uh, street hustler played by Shabana Azmi, kind of a. I think she's a prostitute. It's not entirely clear, yeah. or else it's her job to kind of entice men. That's kind of the thinnest love story. Yeah, Rishi Kapoor meets up with a doctor whose father uh, doesn't want her to get married. Yeah. His house burns down. All kinds of crazy crap. Played happens. by Nitu Singh again. Yeah, Nitu Singh appears yeah. for her second time in this uh, episode, and. Uh, you know, she even gets pulled into this uh, web of uh, gangsters where uh, she's forced to operate on uh, Kishan Lal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, all kinds of stuff happens. And Amitabh Bachchan hooks up with uh, uh, Parve- Parveen Bobby, who's the gangster's daughter. Yeah, she's Robert's daughter. But in order to get revenge on Robert, Kishan Lal like, stole her as a child and raised her as his own. And now Robert... Or he sent her to like a convent or something, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, he eventually sent her to school in, like, England, I yeah. think. So that, you know... Like, she's a modern girl. She dresses modern, differently. Yeah. yeah. Um, and now Robert is trying to get her back. We also haven't mentioned that Robert has an estranged twin brother. Yeah, Albert. That's the one thing I do not get about this movie is why... Why, Albert? There's enough brothers. We don't need another one. It's... 
Yeah. And we didn't mention Zabesco, who is the... Once Robert gets Jenny back, he (laughs) hires Zabesco to keep an eye on her. And did not see how much this uh, this bodyguard was going to be integral to the plot. I also don't understand why all the bad guys dress like Kentucky colonels in these really elaborate old timey suits. Yeah, it was weird, but you know, I still loved it. Yeah, yeah, it's just you know, like trying to describe this movie, uh, it just feels like an insurmountable task to me. Um, but I did really, really love it, and I would encourage people to watch it because it's just like it's so entertaining. It's going a mile a minute, and it's so entertaining. You could see why it was a huge sensation in '77, oh, yeah. and why it's like you know it's nation building. It's yeah. Amitabh Bachchan doing a great job. There's so many factors in this thing that you could see why it stood the test of time. It's so crowd pleasing, and I think part of the reason why it's kind of so disjointed and all over the place is because they actually couldn't get a lot of the cast in the same place at the same time to film things. They're essentially filming like three different little movies and exactly, making them together. Exactly, exactly. And then they kind of, yeah, put it all together with this big climax at the end that just like, again, everyone's disguised as someone else and then they have to put on this like song to distract Sebesco because he's trying to marry Jenny and oh my God. There's a lot of business that goes down in the last... Well, any a, any <laughs> amount of time in this film, many things are happening. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's really fun, and I think it's it's really well written. It's super super funny, mm-hmm. uh, and and Bakshan just gives this incredible performance at the center of it. Center of it, though, I would say like Vinod Khanna and Rishi Kapoor are also holding their weight. It was very Rishi Kapoor light for like a good two hours. Yeah, um, and then like his story then he gets to do of, some swashbuckling. Like he and I liked him a lot more in this. Than I did. It's the in... mustache. You like the thin, pencil well, thin mustache, and I don't also know. he he's kind of the the main singer of the film, so he's yeah. got quite a few songs and dance routines. I will say that I you know I don't think Rishi Kapoor is all that attractive. Like he doesn't really kind of strike me as like. But a... he's the nice boy though, and he's like the younger brother. Yeah, and so here I think he works. Whereas I think in Cabby Cabby, you really did need to kind of like swoon for him. Yeah. And and I just you know I he's trying know. to be an Archie Andrews type in that one, and I don't really know if it played out well. Yeah, yeah. But here I think like he's got a lot of charisma, and I think also um, I think having a personality of- by being like I'm a you know a specific sort of Muslim singer yeah. that gives him uh, a look. It gives him a reason why he does things as opposed to being just kind of a, a rich kid who um, you know is willful and does whatever he wants. And I think a lot of the stuff with him and Narupa Roy, who plays their mother, is is really sweet. Um, yeah. And so I, I kind of think, like, yeah, he works here in a way that I don't think he works in in, in Cabby Cabby, where, you know, again, I just I just couldn't buy him. Where here, here's really, like, he's really entertaining. And I think you're starting to see kind of um. I think this Rishi Kapoor kid's going places. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, and I think here you start to see elements of, like, that that physical comedy. Yeah. Um, and when he dresses up at the end and is like this, uh, like pretending to be this old musician, it's just he's like, being an old, he's uh, an old tailor. he's an old tailor that's brought in to just the yeah. wedding gown. Yeah, this movie is a gas and a half. Seek yeah. it out. Watch it. It's great. Yeah, I'm gonna watch it again. I loved it. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, well, that brings us to our last Bakchan film of this episode, Matt Dawn from 1978. So Dawn, directed by Chandra Bharat. Uh, also uh, written by Salim Javed, who are all known for a lot of great uh, Amitabh Bachchan films, including Shole, Zanjir, and Diwar. Features Amitabh Bachchan, Zinat Aman, Pran, 
Iftekhar, Om Shivpuri, and Helen. Um, another winner of Best Actor at the Film for Awards for Amitabh Bachchan, playing a double role. Mm. Uh, so this is the third movie we've seen featuring the character of Don. Yes. The, the, so this film was remade by Farhan Akhtar, uh, Javed Akhtar's son, mm-hmm. uh, starring Shah Rukh Khan and Priyanka Chopra. And that film kind of leaves it open for a sequel. And so there's also Don 2. Um, we've seen those films. We haven't really talked about them that much. I enjoyed them, but going back to the source here, uh, this was way better. Yeah. Um, I, I like the additional twists in the Shara Khan version, but just the, just the ambiance of classic Don, yeah. I think was fantastic. And this is my favorite music of the three films. Like the music is great in all of these movies, but this is my favorite music. This is a fantastic soundtrack. It has like... All that seventies like disco grooviness, disco funkiness, Into it. and Into yeah, it. love it. So, story of John, and now this is something I haven't been able to figure out across three films. <laughs> okay, so we know that Don can be used as a name for the head of a crime syndicate. Okay, after the Godfather, you know, he's the Don, right? But is his name also Don, <laughs> or are they <laughs> continually referring to him by his title? The subtitles on all three of these films have never been clear on this, but he's referred to as Don so much. I think his name is just Don. I'm not too sure. It's it's just a lucky coincidence that he went into being crime lord because he's got the right name for it. Yeah. Anyway, Amitabh Bachchan plays Don, who is an international crime boss who... Um, and actually, the uh, Shah Rukh Khan version takes a lot less time to get to this point. Um he is injured after quite a few battles with police. Mm-hmm. And uh, in order to kind of put the crackdown on his syndicate for good, the, the police... He's find, not injured. He's killed. Well, yeah, he's killed. Yeah. Um, in order to put but, the crackdown... people assume yeah. he's just injured. They don't know what's happened to him. Yeah. In order to put the crackdown on the syndicate for good, though, uh, the police find an exact body double yeah. who is a street performer. <laughs> And they bring him in and say, look, if you can help us take this gang out, we will fund these orphans <laughs> that have attached themselves to you. And we'll, we'll make sure they go to a good school. You just need to do this solid for uh, us, please. Yeah. So we have Amitabh Bachchan again as the street performer who goes undercover, learns to be Don. But then can he get back out again? Therein lies the rub. It's kind of like um, oh, the prisoner of... The Prisoner of Zenda. Yeah, The Prisoner of Zenda meets uh, Infernal Affairs or mm-hmm. uh, The Departed. Yeah. Xenon uh, Aman plays Roma. But, but with, like, some 60s Batman thrown in. Yeah. Uh, so Roma is a young woman whose brother works for Don's mob. Mm-hmm. Um, in a hilarious sequence of events, he's introduced, and I'm pretty sure he's dead within a minute <laughs> and a half. Yes. Um, so she vows to take revenge, and in... Showing the efficient storytelling of this film, <laughs> she says, I will take revenge upon Don, goes to a karate studio and says, I would like to learn judo and karate. And in the next scene, has learned sufficient judo and karate to, you know, take on the, the mob herself. She also joins the syndicate to get close to Don to take him out. Yes. And what follows is just super fun. Oh, this movie is so much fun. This plot of kind of this uh, imposter coming in to like run the criminal 
enterprise and like take it down from within while there's this woman out for revenge after him and just kind of like yeah the, don't kill him we like him he's good no and there's even further kind of um identity switching that we yeah. won't kind of get into yeah. later on and i just love all the double crossing and the identity switching and it just like it's just really really fun and the atmosphere um, is so like it's very 70s mm-hmm. um, but it's so intoxicating like there's these lavish parties Helen has this amazing item number she's playing um, Zenet Amans so Roma's brother's fiance and she's this amazing item number where she's trying to like get Don that has like some <laughs> very clear um Suggestions. In yes, the way it is extremely it's suggestive, filmed. and also her eye makeup is astonishing. Yeah, and her her outfit, and it's just uh, that song is is such a banger, and it's just like it just it really it goes straight ahead with a lot of steam and a lot of energy, and I love these fight sequence. I mentioned Batman 60, 60s Batman earlier because it really reminded me of the kind of fights that you would see yep. with Adam West. Um, it's just missing those like pows and like yeah, but there is a lot of on screen. Yeah, uh, Roma learns karate and judo, and there's a lot of flipping yeah. people over and punching them so hard they f- go flying through the air. It's it's very very exciting. This movie has my favorite opening titles of all time. I think. Oh yeah. There's an extremely funky uh, song playing while sort of reverse negative images mm-hmm. are uh, being shown on screen under the credits but they're also red and green yeah it's really interesting to look at and the music is just yeah it's a banger unfortunately um, the transfer of this that Shimmeru has put on YouTube is not the greatest so there are some shots where we couldn't tell if it's just a bad transfer or if the film was legitimately not in focus yeah <laughs> but it, it kind of lent it a bit of a black dynamite style like this is also part of the fun. Yeah. I have to assume it must have been in focus originally, though. And there was a lot of pretty um, sharp cuts in this movie, which makes me think that the mm. print had been cut down over the years just by editing and uh, playing it over and over again. So there's a lot of very abrupt cuts that hopefully were not in the original film, but we'll never know. Yeah, it'd be great to to get like a Blu-ray release of, of this film. But the, the, the other films have had kind of... Um, or at least the versions we had access to were a lot more restored than this one. The first two look great. I, but we will say the subtitles were excellent. Yeah, Shimura did a really good job on the subtitles. Um, for, like, being free on YouTube, it's actually kind of a miracle. Yeah. Um, yeah, one of the best openings to a film. Uh, Don is meeting some people in a field. He's supposed to give them money. And instead he throws them a briefcase that's a bomb. And then Don. <laughs> like... <laughs> That's how you start a fucking movie right there. Do you understand what his criminal enterprise does? Like, in either film, I'm not entirely sure. No, it's it's one of those Hindi film things where you know that they're gangsters, but they don't appear to be doing anything wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, s- smuggling things? <laughs> it's like it, like uh, like Gunde, where they're, they're still providing a service of, you know, bringing coal to people it just wasn't theirs to begin with yeah but it's still pretty altruistic um i don't don't think the gangsters here are all that altruistic no and i think and i mean whatever he's doing is international he must be some sort of international smuggler uh because interpol is after him yeah and 
the Shao Kahn version, he's a, I think he's a lot more menacing. Yeah. But uh, you do get that Amitabh Bachchan voice, mm. which goes so far. What was your favorite song throughout the film? Oh, my favorite song was Kaikepan Banara Sawala, which um, probably my favorite scene in both iterations of this movie, where Don and Roma are on the run from the rest of the gang, and, and they come across some dudes just having a party. Mm-hmm. And uh, the song is about uh, taking a pawn in uh, Banaras, and it's just like a fun drinking partying song. And infectious, I would oh, say. That's my favorite song sequence in both of both versions of the film. Yeah, super infectious. I think I like the big kind of disco party scene. Yeah, that was that, awesome that as well. That song. Don's um, coming out party, basically. Yeah, I think that's... And he has, like, Anita, his, uh, his girlfriend, or, like... Original Don's girlfriend tied yeah. up in in the bathroom, in the bathroom and then bathroom. she comes out again. He's like, "Oh, um, look, listen here, you, you're having a panic attack. We got to get you back under uh, lock and key so you could not have this happen anymore." Yeah, everyone buys this. I love Roma in this film as well. Zena Aman is fantastic, and she's a good kind of um, foil to Don turned kind of like. Ally, yeah. yeah, turned ally. And so yeah. I kind of like that we're following their individual stories and how they kind of both end up undercover in this syndicate and then kind of their misadventures where they're like flirting, but again, they both think that the other one is someone else and then eventually they come together. And it's just, she she brings a, a lot to this film. I mean, partly she brings a female element, but she's a very like tough and capable woman and I always appreciate that especially in like a 70s movie that's very masculine it's pretty macho but yeah, pretty macho. she holds her own and i think that Zena raman does a better job with this role than priyanka chopra does. i think so too i think priyanka chopra definitely looks a lot like her yeah like visually there's a link but uh Zena raman like, she reads a lot tougher mm-hmm. and i could see her having her own movie or like a series of adventures afterwards. Yeah. Whereas Priyanka Chopra's version eh, didn't really t- do it as well. Totally for me. watched a Roma spinoff. Yeah. 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 I really like uh, the energy of all three of these movies. I think Dawn is my favorite. I kind of liked them in a, in increasing order as we got kind of later into the seventies. I was digging them more, um, and I think it's also just because like this. This performance of Bakchan and Don, um, this kind of this kind of like a hero is is kind of my favorite mode of his. Yeah, you know, I think this this performance is the most similar to the one that we see in Sholay. Yeah, 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 definitely a uh, a criminal who is trying to do good, and we're in this case a good person who's trying to do criminal. <laughs> yeah. Would you recommend that people seek out all of these movies if they're interested in Bakchan? Interested in 70s Bollywood? I would. Um, I would say Amar Akbar, Anthony, and Don, for sure. You yeah. can jump in right away. If you've never seen a Bollywood film before, you will be impressed by the lapels and the fight scenes <laughs> and the music. They are just completely enjoyable off the hop. Um, some knowledge of Bollywood romantic conventions might right. be helpful before watching Kabi Kabi because there is that sort of disconnect there where you know it feels like all the problems of the film would resolve themselves really quickly right but 
again, if you're watching romantic comedy, that kind of comes with the with the territory, regardless mm-hmm. of what film culture you're dealing with. But uh, I, yeah, the the latter two I'd watch probably before Kabi Kabi, I would say. And I think Amar Akbar Anthony is such uh, a huge success. It's such a big touchstone that it's a, it's, it's a must-see. Amar Akbar Anthony deserves to be seen by more people outside of the Bollywood sphere, I think. Mm. It's just a supremely enjoyable film. And a lot of people could learn from the screenwriting in it that mm. you can have a lot of stuff happen and fo- audiences will follow. You, uh, you know... Uh, an exciting adventure story can be overstuffed, and it works mm-hmm. a lot of the time. And the the screenplay is a, a masterclass in how you could do that. Yeah, I think that's fair. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. We will be back in two weeks um, with... Potentially our most contentious takes yet. Yes. We're going to be joined by Manish Mathur to discuss Katrina Cave. And how she's great, and I will fight anyone who says differently. All three of us are fans of Katrina Cave, and we're going to be looking at two of her films, Mary Brother Key Dolham and Fitur. In the meantime, Matt, how can people keep up with the show? Well, you can check us out on Twitter, at BollywoodPod. You can find us on Facebook, just look up uh, Bollywood is for Lovers. You can find us on Tumblr, uh, BollywoodIsForLovers.tumblr.com. You can check us out on basically any implement you use to get podcasts now, but uh, specifically iTunes is our uh, favorite one. Um, Audio Boom is our uh, podcasting host, so you know check them out. Lots of great things there. We are also now available on gradio.ca, so if you're looking for another streaming source to listen to the podcast and maybe a few other things there, check it out. You can also follow us individually on Twitter. I am at E-R-N-E, F-R-S-E-R. And I'm at Matt Bowes, M-A-T-T underscore B-O-W-E-S. If you enjoy the show, consider checking out my other show, Trash Art and the Movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have an episode coming out soon on um, the antics of kind of theatrical productions, behind the scenes of theater productions. We're going to be looking at Shakespeare in Love and Mel Brooks is the producer. So that should be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you in two weeks.